Translation, the senses are so strong and impetuous, O Arjuna, that they forcibly carry away the mind even of a man of discrimination who is endeavouring to control them. Please repeat, the senses are so strong and impetuous, O Arjuna, that they forcibly carry away the mind even of a man of discrimination who is endeavouring to control them. There are many learned sages, philosophers and transcendentalists who try to conquer the senses but in spite of their endeavours, even the greatest of them sometimes fall victim to material sense enjoyment due to the agitated mind. Even Vishwamitra, a great sage and perfect yogi, was misled by Menaka into sex enjoyment, although the yogi was endeavouring for sense control with severe types of penance and yoga practice. And of course, there are so many similar instances in the history of the world. Therefore, it is very difficult to control the mind and the senses without being fully Krishna conscious. Without engaging the mind in Krishna, one cannot seize such material engagements. A practical example is given by Sri Yamanacharya, a great saint and devotee who says, Actually, there is a verse here. I will just read the verse out. The translation is given there, but here the verse is given. Since my mind has been engaged in the service of the lotus feet of Lord Krishna and I have been enjoying an ever new transcendental humor, Whenever I think of sex life with a woman, my face at once turns from it and I spit at the thought. Krishna consciousness is such a transcendentally nice thing that automatically material enjoyment becomes distasteful. It is as if a hungry man had satisfied his hunger by a sufficient quantity of nutritious eatables. Maharaj Ambarish also conquered a great yogi, Durvasamuni, simply because his mind was engaged in Krishna consciousness. So this is a an important verse in the Bhagavad Gita, in the second chapter. Just prior to this, last Wednesday, we studied the, the previous verse, 259, which is worth revisiting because this verse continues from there. This is 259. The embodied soul may be restricted from sense enjoyment, though the taste for sense objects remains. But seizing such engagements by experiencing a higher taste, he is fixed in consciousness. So, in short, actually this verse is saying that the best way to control our mind is to not really control it, 
but give it the highest pleasure because the mind is seeking pleasure after all we all seek pleasure and in any spiritual discipline there is um, recommendation or uh, what is that commandment where we are forced to obey that we cannot just like even in the bible it is said thou shall not kill thou shall not commit adultery thou shall not you know uh, steal so all these things why they are there they are negations like don't do this don't do this don't do this so but these are the things we want to do you know there is a nice verse in the um, Bhagavatam I'll just take that out yeah Srimad Bhagavatam 11.5.11 Loke Vivayamisha Madhya Seva Nityahi Jantor Nahitat Prachodana Vyavasthiti Stesha Vivaha Yajna Suragrahai Rasu Nivritti Rishta in this material world, the conditioned soul is always inclined to sex, meat-eating and intoxication. Therefore, religious scriptures never actually encourage such activities. Although the scriptural injunctions provide for sex through sacred marriage, for meat-eating through sacrificial offerings and for intoxication through the acceptance of ritual cups of wine, such ceremonies are meant for the, for the ultimate purpose of renunciation. Now you see, the point I want to highlight is that we are naturally inclined to these sinful activities the mind gravitates to that you know so if we ask that's why spiritual life is sometimes uh, not appealing to many people because they want to continue their sinful life hmm. or if somebody promises them you just do whatever you want eat whatever you want doesn't matter you just take my blessings and you will become successful so they won't want to go for these things. They want shortcut. They don't want the real path. And they do not know what success actually is. They think these gurus, we should go and get success for our material life. That's what they use spirituality for. So, here it is said that religious uh, scriptural injunctions never actually encourage these act- activities. And therefore, it is not appealing to general mass of people because they want instant gratification. They don't look for um, more worthy happiness, more worthy achievement that would take actually time and effort and sacrifice and dedication to achieve. So because of this junk food and junk gratification that we are after, so especially in this Kali Yuga, where sense gratification is just available literally at our fingertips, Previously, if I want to watch a movie, I have to maybe save up some money doing a part-time job and buy a ticket to a movie theater and go watch a movie. Now, if I want to watch a movie, I can. I don't have to wait for the time, oh, first day, first show or what, what, you know, all the <laughs> show times. Now, there is no restriction. I used to, I remember when I was a kid, um, so I have three siblings, two brothers, one sister. So, you can imagine the chaos that was there in the house. And we used to fight. <laughs> and when there was a, the TV was on, you know, there was a number of channels and all that. So every one of us would fight. I want this channel, I want that channel. And we all used to fight. Fist fights even. To be very honest. So, now, you want to watch You watch. I will watch this. You watch that. Everybody do their own thing in the same room. Everybody is watching the own thing on their screens. You see how much 
we are we are um, given the sense gratification right at our fingertips I just the mere thought of to enjoy something I can enjoy it so that kind of enjoyment and if I want to buy something I don't have to go to the I know um, queue in the Marty and go to some shop um, if, I, if I want I can just order it online it will be delivered at doorstep so all these so called convenience we have so much increased the facility for sense gratification instant gratification that more and more so people are not interested in spiritual life because mind you this is the kind of happiness there are <laughs> there are happiness in the three modes there is a mode of goodness passion and ignorance and there is happiness in these three modes as well so those in the mode of goodness sattvic people they tend to accept this kind of happiness yat agre vishameva parinaame amrutopamam tat sukham sattvikam proktam atma buddhi prasadajam bhagavad gita 1837 that which in the beginning oh sorry that which in the beginning may be just like poison but at the end is just like nectar and which awakens one to self realization is said to be happiness in the mode of goodness so sattvic happiness is in the beginning little bit tough anything worthwhile involves sacrifice as i say no pain no gain you want gain without pain that gain is not really worthy so if something worthy you have to take pains even materially what to speak of spiritually so for example we have to wake up early for mangal aarti and chant our rounds we have to follow certain principles no meat eating no illicit sex no gambling no intoxication we have only eat prasadam so many rules and regulations so that in the beginning may be a little bit say poison like i don't want to wake up in the morning i don't want to take a cold shower i don't know. so these things are we don't want to do these things but if you actually do it then result is happiness lasting happiness and which awakens one to self realization that is more important meaningful happiness not just like a uh, you know pig is also happy a pig if you go to india they eat garbage and you know piles of garbage are there and they they, they feast on them and they're so happy they're becoming so fatty you know eating the garbage so they're actually very happy and they and they have no restriction of sex mother sister daughter doesn't matter and each time they produce half a dozen children and they have no problem finding them happy jolly so that kind of happiness is without meaning that is garbage happiness literally <laughs> so happiness which is meaningful which awakens one to self realization with self awareness mind you even a donkey is happy why the donkey is going after the she donkey for sex pleasure and then the she donkey hits you know with the hind legs it kicks uh, the male donkey on the face and still the donkey goes after it, it the donkey thinks that is pleasure another example is given in the bhagavatam as the camel the camel is a classic example of a foolish materialist because a camel in the desert eats cactus and um, cactus has thorns you all know so when it eats the cactus so it, when it chews the cactus in its mouth and you know go on chewing all the the thorns you know prick the inside of the mouth of the camel the tongue the above below everywhere and the blood starts oozing out and this camel foolishly thinks that 
these characters with the thorns, with the crisp thorns, with the blood taste is very tasty. It enjoys. But actually what is happening? It's hurting itself. So that's what materialists do. They, they are so-called happy. They think it is, it is maya sukha bharam. Maya sukha means illusory happiness. It is actually distress, but they accept that as happiness. That is foolishness because of illusion. People want to enjoy life. Where is the enjoyment? Practically speaking, there is birth, death, old age and disease, principle, sufferings, and then there are minor sufferings. Adhyatmic, adhibhautik, adhidaivik, miseries. That means miseries caused by my own body and mind, miseries caused by other living beings, and miseries caused by devatas like famine, drought, earthquake, beyond human control. So these things are there. Practically whole life, we have to struggle. Why do people work? If given a chance, nobody wants to work. But if they don't, they can't maintain even themselves. Even the rich, even the rich people, if they don't work, they will die of boredom. They have to do something. They have to be active. Otherwise, they can't be happy. Even material happiness, even that maya sukha they cannot get. So, spiritual happiness is different qualities of a different quality. It is above the so-called happiness of the material world. It doesn't, it is not disturbed by any material condition. In the material life, if I get something, if I achieve something, I become happy. If I lose something, I become unhappy. So this hankering and lamentation is going on. But in the spiritual life, whether I lose or gain materially, it doesn't disturb the spiritual happiness. And that is possible if we are connected with Krishna. So, although this material life um, is very glaring, very attractive to us, it is actually painful. So when spiritual disciplines um, advocate that we give up the sense gratification, we don't want to do it. But the better way to be attracted to uh, to, uh, spiritual life is not really to stop the um, tendency to enjoy. It is artificial to try to stop the tendency to enjoy. Give yourself something which you will perpetually enjoy. That will completely satisfy and by-product you will not be interested in material sense gratification. Automatically, you don't. nobody needs to tell you uh, that you don't do this, don't do that. You automatically don't want to do it because you have a higher taste. Just like the pigs are very happy eating garbage and stool. But since we have a higher taste as humans, if somebody asks us to eat stool and be happy, what is that? You know, how can we be? That's prison. prison. Even in prison, they don't do that. Maybe in some they do. So, you see, there is hell for us, whereas there is happiness for the pig. But because we have a higher standard of happiness, our eatables are far more relishable, far more tasty. So we don't automatically know. If you ask the pig, hey, don't eat that garbage, you come and eat this halwa. <laughs> the pig won't eat. Pig is not interested. So how can you ask me to give up my garbage? That's my feast. 
So that's how we are now. When we ask you, uh, ask people, okay, give up, you know, your material way of life, and take up, no, 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 this is, oh, I have to give up watching movies, I have to give up, the, oh, no, 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 I have to give up eating meat, no, no, no. You see? Because we don't want to give up our garbage. We think it is not garbage. But when you have a higher taste, that is the verse, this previous verse, today's verse. If you have a higher taste, so much higher than these things, then automatically you will be not interested. Like a child, Prabhupada said, he is playing, he is playing and playing and it's getting dark outside and mother calls him home, come back, come back, you know, it's getting dark. He is not interested, he is just playing around with the other kids. But if the mother says, come, come, here is ice cream, oh, immediately gives up and comes because this is higher taste. His enjoyment is higher. So this is a better way to control than artificial restriction because when we artificially restrict ourselves this is what happens um, I think we will first go this these few verses first before we go there you see the instant gratification this mode of passion Rajasik Vishayandriya Samyoga Adhyatadagre Amritopamam Pariname Vishameva Tatsukham Rajasam Smritam that happiness which is derived from contact of the senses with their objects and which appears like nectar at first but poison at the end is said to be of the nature of passion. This is instant gratification. You know, how many of you have experienced um, just browse through Facebook and you know go on and on and on and off. You want to do it for five minutes but you do it for one hour and then then you realize oh, what have I done, wasted one hour. One hour just gone like that. You know, <laughs> just meaningless browsing. Then when we are doing it, it was, it was just like some dopamine hit in the head. This is called nectar at first but poison at the end. You will regret it later. Why did I do this? So this is how mode of passion happiness is there. That's why it's very hard to give up this. Because at this moment I want to enjoy. That's, that's how it, it works. But when we look back, oh it's very great what we did same thing with any for example we we want to enjoy our material relationships and this and that it, it sounds nice but at the end of the day at the end of life at the time of death we are hit with serious trouble because at that time our relatives are not going to be with us none of them will come with us and nobody can help in our situation usually when we are down we look for friends to help us you know or family members, whoever we can confide with. But nobody is going to help at the time of death. I'm going to go alone. So at that time, all of them will fail me. So at that time, the depression that we go through is immense at the time of death. It's the biggest hit that we'll get. The biggest setback. And it's going to come. It's not that maybe it will come. No, it will, that's one thing that is most sure anything you know anything may happen or not happen but death will certainly happen as they say as sure as death how sure are you as, as sure as death that's the most sure thing so but we fail to see that we go oh, somebody died we cry over a week a um, couple of weeks and after that life gets back to normal the next movie what is that that's it. Absolutely no realization. 
whatever realization we had lasts for about one week that's it maya takes away that realization again we forget you know so this is very dangerous but at the end of life when it hits us then nothing can save and all the things that we have acquired all the things that we have worked hard for everything will be lost so why why should we waste our life in this so called although we may say now i struggle hard and i get a good job maybe a 10 years later that looks like not instant gratification but from the view point of eternity this life is so short this 80 100 years maximum it's very very short and to um, desire any happiness in this life even it be a 50 years later is still instant gratification from the view point of eternity because we are talking about not even millions trillions but infinite infinite number of years anything over infinity is zero so it's flash in time and if i want to be happy in this life um say i want to become a big lawyer or a big you know uh, sportsman anything work so hard for all that is instant gratification according to vedic because we are looking at a much bigger perspective because people do not know that there is something after this death they think this life is all in all uh, but because the devotees they know that we are eternal this is just a brief flash in time a period of time that's it so they therefore they do not waste time in this rather they spend time in krishna consciousness just like we had uh, roaring kirtan just now we danced we sang those in the pubs and clubs they also try to do this they sing and dance but what they get after that is a hangover but we we enjoy next day we are again dancing in the morning 5 am they are 5 am flat out <laughs> so this is the difference because this is spiritual life susukham kartuma we are not asking them asking anybody to stop dancing or stop singing no enjoy but enjoy with krishna that's all that is spiritual life whatever you are doing do it with krishna you want to sing and dance yes you using his name you sing so many songs acharyas have written so many songs you can sing them beautiful songs and musical instruments you can play you want to eat fine you eat prasadam later you will see prasadam so tasty but offer it to krishna first before eating that's it anyway you're going to cook anyway you're going to eat before eating and uh, cooking and eating offer it to krishna and eat of course you have to offer those things which please krishna so you can't eat meat you know these things are prohibited but what is it that we get from meat apart from sin of killing the animal or having the animal killed for us uh, there is far more taste in vegetable preparations uh, especially if you see um, the indian style of cooking the amount of tastes that are there thousands and thousands of preparations can be made you see not like you know everything has to be just boiled vegetables and you know nobody will be interested like that so everything you can enjoy but enjoy with krishna that's all we are asking you don't have to give up anything really 
but you have to dovetail it in Krishna's service. Recently, I made a video on my um, YouTube channel where uh, there was this uh, dance group, you know, from India. They won a dance competition, um, world worldwide dance competition. So it was a very famous thing that happened. So, so I just made a, a video for them, and by Krishna's grace, it actually reached them, and they appreciated it as well. So I said, you know, it's good that you're because their dance form is very modern, you know, very modern with all kinds of gymnastics and all these things. It's not like traditional. Indian dances like Bharatanatyam or Kuchipudi or something like that. So, so I just did this video asking them to use their talents. Yes, you dance very nicely, fine. So now use it for Krishna because they, they did a dance where they imitated a, a fight scene. So I said, fine, good. You have a talent. We don't ask you to stop. Use it to depict like fight scenes like Rama and Mahabharata. So much story, so much drama in our scriptures. Enough things to show. We don't have enough time to show in our whole life. That much content is there already. So, all these talents must be put to good use in Krishna's service. So, they don't have to really give up what they're doing. But if they do it for Krishna, the life is successful. Because our life, we are meant to glorify Krishna. We are meant to glorify Krishna. We are part and parcel of God. Our natural occupation is to serve God. If you are not clear about who God is, that's why Krishna himself came. God himself came down. And that's what this Bhagavad Gita is all about. Here I am. This is me. And if you want to come to me, this is the path. This way he spoke the whole Bhagavad Gita. We just have to take it and be successful. We don't have to invent anything. We think in the modern, especially modern age, that to be happy, we need to invent another gadget, another next thing, a next thing, a next thing, breakthrough in science, breakthrough in technology, this, that. We don't need these things. The very fact that the level of contentment that people had, say, 300 years ago, compared to now, there is a big uh, problem now with so-called social media and everything. The people are, there are... um, Teenagers who are getting depressed because every photo in Facebook and Instagram looks very good, and they look at their own face in the mirror. Oh no, I'm not so good. Because you can, you, are, you can have filter on Instagram, and you can put what the face, what beauty, beauty, up the beauty, and then you'll <laughs> do some magic for your face. That's it. And every every face looks good. Or oh, then somebody has a spot on their cheek. Oh, I'm depressed. This kind of depression, you know, I'm surprised. These people are getting depressed for these things. They have such weakness of mind. So weak. That even these small, small things can... Previously, you know, how much they have endured without much... You know, they just go on with their life, you know. They have much more strength of character. Now, no. Small, small thing like a sissy. All this is because why? Too much gratification. Too much hope that we can be happy with this material body with the material, you know, arrangements or technology, this, that, is creating a problem. And the social media and all these things, they are giving a voice to everyone. People, Many people say that's good, but it's also very bad also. Because if a fool is given voice, he will speak rubbish. People 
literally think if I have a good following and you know if I become famous somehow or other either by becoming a movie star or a sports player or a internet celebrity they think this is success but anybody can become famous if you are good at what you are doing even if it's crap you can still become famous because there will be crap audience to watch the crap stuff because there are people in the mode of goodness passion and ignorance and people in the mode of ignorance they will do something nonsense and those other people in the mode of ignorance they will like that stuff it does not mean that only if somebody does good then people will like it no if people do bad there are a set of people who like that also because their mindset is like that and these people who get this big following like movie stars for example I mean they just strip themselves naked almost and they have huge following and they think they are right because they have a lot of following this is the false sense of uh, correctness that one gets through so called democracy when you give power to the people to tell you what is right if people vote for somebody oh you know this this person has so much you know fan following and he thinks because I have such a fan following I am right in what I am doing what is the class of people who are voting for you that is not taken into consideration what kind of people are looking up to you this is explained Men who are like dogs, hogs, camels and asses praise those men who never listen to the transcendental pastimes of Lord Sri Krishna, the deliverer from evils. <laughs> so, people who are animalistic, they will glorify a bigger animal. A dog will glorify a bigger dog. And same with hogs, camels, asses. So, men who are like this, they will praise those men for example, if I am an atheist and if somebody is speaking very, uh, very good orator but he is an atheist, I will glorify him and he thinks he is, you know, big time, you know, you know, he is getting fame and you know, he is getting on TV shows here and there and speaking with some interviews and he thinks he is big time because he thinks he is right because he just has following. No. Spiritual life, especially it is said, Manushyanam Sahasreshu Kaschit Yaduti Siddhaye this is Krishna saying out of many thousands among men one may endeavor for perfection and of those who have achieved perfection hardly one knows me in truth so here we are talking about minority absolute like one in a million one in millions this is the kind of minority we are talking about devotees will be so rare because this is not easy to take it's like Prabhupada said, in an imitation jewelry shop, you will have a huge crowd because anybody can afford that. But in a real gold shop, the clientele is much smaller. But the quality people who can actually spend that much of amount of money. Similarly, the price to pay to achieve self-realization, God-realization, it's not cheap. There are many gurus who advertise, you you just do anything and everything and you know, you just follow me, I'll, I'll take you back to God or I am God, you will also become God. All kind of promises they are making. People get seduced by this and they like because they don't want to give up their material life. So, but our process is very, although it is very so-called difficult, but because of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 
here you can see hands raised he is dancing always uh, Nityananda Prabhu and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu they are Krishna and Balaram themselves who came 500 years ago as Krishna's devotees so they inaugurated the Sankirtan process by singing and dancing the names of Krishna so that so called difficult process you know how difficult it is Krite Dhyayato Vishnu Tretayam Yajato Makhaya Dvapare Paricharyayam Kalota Dharikirtanat whatever result was obtained in Satya Yuga by meditating on Vishnu you know what is meditating on Vishnu means not just you know like 15 minutes meditation they used to do in the forests completely outside the city for thousands of years Valmiki meditated for 60,000 years because that time the lifetime was 100,000 years in Satya Yuga Treta Yuga the lifetime reduced by from 100,000 years to 10,000 years like Lord Ramachandra he ruled Ayodhya for 13,000 years after defeating Ravan then Dwapar Yuga the lifetime reduced by even 10 times 1000 years and in Kali Yuga even 10 times 100 years that's why we all live 100 years so those times people used to live that long and again after Kali Yuga there will be Satya Yuga again again people will start to live for 100,000 years so these are the cycles bigger seasons of time not the seasons that we know much bigger seasons so in the Satya Yuga when meditating on Vishnu that was the and severe austerity absolutely very severe you know you can't even imagine the things that they used to do in the forest and all that Treta Yuga by performing sacrifices you know the Havan the Homam with nowadays it is done in a simple way but those days very very grand the amount of ghee that is required for doing this is you can't even be gotten today and the brahmanas who chant the mantras are so powerful that they ignite the fire just by mantra alone uh, they can do many wonderful things such potency they used to have because of their tapasya now where hmm? so that is also not possible in the Kali Yuga the meditation forget it 100,000 years where and sacrifices we can't really do this very very expensive and the gifts we have to give to every brahmana who comes you have to give not that you know I just uh, have a nice ceremony and I will be able to go home no you have to feed everybody and giving charity to the brahmanas then there is Dwapar Yuga where there is serving the lord's lotus feet big opulent temple worship if you go to India now also big big temples huge temples you start to wonder how these temples were even maintained you know huge structures and massive if actually the temple was busy with full activity thousands and thousands of people especially in South India you see the temples so huge but if you go now just one corner of the temple is just busy little bit altered most of it just dogs are running around and rats they were maintained before they were busy places so just imagine the kind of grandeur in which the Lord was worshipped but who has time nowadays that is also gone but the same result of all these different difficult um, sacrifices and austerities can be achieved in Kali Yuga simply by chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra how much it is simplified because the Lord knows it is such a difficult age 
Everybody is so distracted, so disturbed. Lifetime is short, quarreling and for everything. So to gradually um, save, uh, not gradually, in fact, very instantaneously, to save the population of Kaliyuga, he gave the simple process of Hare Krishna mantra chanting. You, the only sacrifice you have to do is instead of talking rubbish, you just have to open mouth and chant Hare Krishna. Same tongue. You don't even have to do Maunavratam and all this, nothing you do. Just chant Hare Krishna with the tongue that you have. And you want to eat, eat Krishna Prasadam. Eat until your neck, but eat Krishna Prasadam. That's all. And read Bhagavad Gita, which is very, very interesting, very gratifying for the mind also. You learn so many things, it is meaningful, it is, you know, it's actually fun. So, and associate with devotees and do service. Very simple in Kali Yuga. And this is the higher taste. Otherwise, the senses, each of these senses are going to pull us in every direction. So, you see, otherwise the senses are so strong and impetuous that they forcibly carry away the mind even of a man of discrimination. Not that they will uh, carry away the mind of a man who is, you know, a fool. Sometimes, you know, uh, people say, oh, why you have a dirty mind? Why you have to look at women like that or something? And sometimes women themselves wear uh, very imp- inappropriately. And if the man looks at them in a weird way, then they will say, oh, why you have a dirty mind? Everybody has a dirty mind. Yeah? First of all, if one does not have a dirty mind, she wouldn't even wear like that. Second, even Vishwamitra Muni, without even looking at Menaka, when he was closing his eyes and doing meditation, he heard the ankle bells. The, the ankle bells of Menaka. He lost his mind. And he opened his eyes and he got totally captivated by her beauty and he fell. Fell down from his yogic perfection. Then he had a daughter with her. So you see, even of a man of discrimination, even the most self-controlled man there is only one person who can withstand the power of attraction of a woman. Srimad Bhagavatam 3.31.37 Amongst all kinds of living entities begotten by Brahma, namely men, demigods and animals, none but the sage Narayana is immune to the attraction of Maya in the form of woman. And for the woman, the man. Nobody is free from this attraction except for Narayana. He came as a sage, you know, Naranarayana. This is Lord Narayana himself who came as a sage. So, only Lord Narayana is immune to the attraction or Krishna. He is immune to the attraction. People think he is a playboy oh, with all the gopis and dancing. No, 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 no. no. He is not interested. He doesn't need the gopis at all. Because the gopis wanted to serve him in the, as a conjugal lover, he reciprocated that service. Just like Mother Yashoda wanted to serve him as a mother, so he reciprocated like a perfect child. So they wanted to love him as a beloved uh, conjugal lover. So he reciprocated as a conjugal lover to them. Arjuna wanted him as a friend. Krishna was a perfect friend. So he was perfect in every relationship. He just reciprocated to the devotees as they wanted him, wanted to see him. That's it. He did not need or he was not, uh, you know, uh, hankering or uh, he was not a playboy. No. It's totally wrong. Even Hindus get this wrong. That's why they think, Oh, Sita Ram is good. Radha Krishna is a little bit sketchy. Because you don't understand. (laughs) 
In fact, Radharani's love for Krishna is far superior to even the Lakshmi. Lakshmi could not enter the Raslila. Because in Lakshmi or Sita or the, the, the queens at Dwarka, Rukmini, they have a security that he is my husband. Therefore, I, I love him. But for Radha and the gopis, there is no contract, no binding contract. There is no reason to love him, but they simply love him. Without condition, unconditional love, that is the highest. That's why the gopis, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who was the strictest sannyasi. If a woman had to bow down to him, bow down from 100 feet away. No woman could come near him even. So strict. He gave up his wife when she was only 16 years old and he was 24. And his mother was 70 and there was no other man in the house. He renounced. He was so strict. But he also said that the best way to worship Krishna is the way adopted by the gopis. So it is not immoral, gopis love. It is, it is difficult subject matter for ordinary humans to understand. It's far superior. So, the thing is this, he is immune to the attraction. It, there was a Rajasuya sacrifice. Maharaj Yudhishthir and all the great personalities came, even Devadas came, demigods. And Krishna was washing everybody's feet, so humble. Being God himself. So anyway, at that, in that arena, the most uh, exalted person was to be glorified. And the person, everybody was glorifying Bhishma Dev because he was a great Brahmachari and so what happened? Bhishma Dev said, no, greater than me is Krishna because he is a greater Brahmachari. I was a Brahmachari, yes, but I kept myself away from women because <laughs> not another human. But Krishna, in the presence of thousands of women, he is still not attracted. He is a greater Brahmachari. Mm. So this is the fact. So, a devotee who takes shelter of Krishna, he also can conquer this attraction. Haridas Thakur, you know the story? Some of you know. Haridas Thakur, he was chanting day and night, Hare Krishna. We are chanting 16 rounds. He chants 192 rounds every day. 192 times 108. One round is 108 times on the, on the beads. So, 192 times 108 times. Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So, Maya came as the most beautiful woman in the dead of night he was alone in the cave and the breeze was so nice fragrance of the flowers everything was romantic on the riverside everything conducive to have sex but he rejected for three nights she waited and she became a devotee she became a devotee she also started 192 rounds power of Haridas Thakur how? because he took shelter of Krishna just imagine a person who has taken shelter of Krishna is so immune to the attraction of sex what to speak of Krishna himself so don't get mistaken right so this is the only way to control the senses to engage them in Krishna's service so we'll stop here Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavad Gita ki Srila Prabhupada ki Krishna 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 Krishna